From the second I jumped off the porch, everything that I seen was all the things that you didn't want a kid to see or be in the environment of. And, you know, I was able to overcome it. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Kerry Champion. I read recently that NBA draft night is when everyone's dreams come true. It's a night where the prospects are hopeful. Those who are invited to the draft feel as if they will change their entire lives. You become instant millionaires. So of course, dreams do come true. But with those dreams are also burdens, right? Things that you didn't anticipate. There are other responsibilities that come with being an instant millionaire. For instance, once you get there, you have to change yourself. A new level requires a new version of who you are. I'll repeat, a new level requires a new version of who you are, meaning you can't be with that same crew that you used to be with or You can't be that same person because you're not running in that same circle. You're around different people. You're exposed to different opportunities. That's a tough lesson to learn instantly. It's also a tough lesson to learn if, in fact, you don't know how to be. And what I mean by that is if if you are the first person in your family to ever make some real money, well, damn, this is all new to you. And you're going to have to learn as you go. I got a couple examples of that. NFL draft, hopeful night, dream, dreams do come true. Laramie Tunsil, for instance, you all know him, projected to be a top three, top four pick in the NFL draft. Moments before the draft, a video surfaces on social media of him smoking weed. Crazy, crazy, right? On his social media account, clearly He did not put that out. Clearly, it was some type of inside job. Someone had access to his account. Someone wanted to get him in trouble. Whatever they did, it worked. We watched this kid tumble out of the top 10. Tumble. The Dolphins, meanwhile, thank God they were there. They decided to take a chance on the kid. And they said, guess what? We'll stop the tumbling and we'll take him. However, he lost $10 million because of that video. A video, in my opinion, I think is ridiculous. A video of a kid smoking weed is no big deal to me. I, I just feel like that's what kids do, right? He's a college kid. He does that. And and if we're being honest, the type of research that they do before they actually draft someone, they already knew the video existed. It was a fact of whether or not it was going to get out. They were prepared for it to get out after the fact, <laughs> not before. So a lot of people passed. Dolphins lucked out. They decided to take a chance on Laramie Tunsil. And I, and I can guarantee, I bet you this kid had to learn a tough lesson overnight. That was a $10 million lesson, and he learned it quickly. But it doesn't always work that way. Because to me, 14 is still great. Top 20, first round. Karan Butler, however, you guys know Karan Butler. Plays for the Sacramento Kings as of now, small forward. He has a book out. It's called Tough Juice. And he is our guest on Be Honest Today. He talks about his life story in this book entitled Tough Juice. And it's about his journey from the streets to the NBA. And it is 
tough. No pun intended. He had his first child when he was 13 and a half years old. What? 13 and a half years old. He had to sell drugs, gangs. He was a part of everything. But yet and still, whatever it was inside of him, that intestinal fortitude, you call it whatever you want to call it, he was able to rise above his circumstances. A new level, a new you. But on draft night, as the NBA draft night approaches, on draft night, Karan was told by agents and GMs that he was so good that he would go anywhere from 3 to 12. But everyone had spread the word. The power of the tongue is mighty. They spread the word that this guy might be a problem because of his background, because of what he's been through, because of the people he he is affiliated with or at one time was affiliated with. Can he break away from that community, those people who might bring him down? I mean, his story of growing up among gangs and violence in the inner city and how he literally has transformed his his self, his career into a redemption story. He was a college and an NBA star. That stuff is unheard of. Write a book. Oh, he did. It could be a movie. Oh, it will. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Karan Butler, to be honest. Tough Juice, true story. You gave it to me the very first time, your book, the very first time we met. I went on vacation. I said I was going to read it. Of course, I ended up drinking the entire time. <laughs> as so, you should. As I should when I'm on vacation. So I couldn't read it because I was inebriated. So um, I then started to read it. And I, and I thought, man, how come I don't know? How come, how come I don't know and how come the story isn't told more often? I mean, um, it was something I wasn't comfortable putting out there and reflecting on for many years. And then... I, I think, like, in the process of, you know, me, you know, getting into the later stages of my career, it was something that I reflect upon more and more. And I just said, I, you know, I'm going to put this information out there and, you know, try to, you know, it's therapeutic for me, but, it you know, it plants seeds and it help others, you know, that's going through the same adversities. I don't know how many people know your story, um, drugs, gangs, but yet and still you're able to make it through. If you had to describe your childhood, uh, and using excerpts from the story, how would you describe it? It was uh, it was trying, you know, every day, every moment, um, every week, every hour, every second. You know, from the second I jumped off the porch, everything that I seen was all the things that you didn't want a, a kid to see or be in an environment of. And, you know, I was able to overcome it, you know, through the grace of God and just, you know, um, you know a good support system. You know, I was raised by women. Uh, no father figure, no male role model around, none positive. But I had people that just embraced me and, you know, stuck with me and, you know, continue to plant the right seeds in me. If you could do it all over again, would you? No, you know, because I feel like I'm a champion in life because of what I've been through, you know, and what I had to overcome. And I wouldn't change that for anything. And I'm able to shed light to a lot of situations and talk about a lot and I'm able to be level-headed, you know, with everything that I have accomplished, you know, from, you know, the money and everything and, you know, do right by it and with it because of this, you know, all the stuff that I've been through at a young age. It's appropriate that we're talking right now because the draft is right around the corner and you start the book talking about the draft and how you're sitting there with your family and you're excited and the smile disappears because 
what you had been told was that you'd maybe go from three to 12. That was the range. Yeah. Um, and it turns out there was a drop on you for whatever reasons. And people thought that maybe you wouldn't work out in locker rooms. What yeah. was describe the situation? I mean, like for like a lot of I, I just did the draft combine and a lot of the kids were unaware to the process that not only are you going to play basketball, you're going to have fun doing it and you're going to be on this unbelievable stage. But it's a business component to it. And when you go through the interviews and the draft process, they're they're questioning your character and things like that, things that they already know that they've done their homework on. And my biggest question was my background. You know, um, I was being judged, you know, by things that I went through, unfortunate things that I had to go through in order to get to this point. But I was still being judged from my background. And, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I wasn't it didn't sit kind with me. And, um, you know, a lot of the kids are going through that right now today. What was your biggest obstacle? So you're talking you're talking to these teams, you're talking to agents. What was if I if I say, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, taking Karan Butler fourth in the draft. What you think? So what, what would they say? So if you could tell if you could tell a, a, a general manager or something like, OK, you're a lottery pick. Now, I mean, you're, you're on a pay scale. You're going to make millions of dollars. The The thing that would be in question is that. Are you going to have a big entourage around you? Are you a liability? Because you need to understand this as a player from any sport, if you're trying to be a professional, that your investment, you know, and you, you know, uh, you can't be a liability to, to any organization. And, you know, that's just the way this thing works. Like your, your investment and, you know, they, they want to protect the investment like all things and they need to be, you know, they need to prosper and need to work and need to bring more money. And they didn't want me to be a liability, so that was something that was always in question. Did you have to tell them over and over again you don't have anything to worry about, not going to be any issues? Yeah, I yeah, I always had to, you know, just keep telling them that, you know, that's that's in my past. You know, I'm not searching for no credibility or anything like that. That was something that was extremely unfortunate that I had to do. It wasn't like I was, you know, in another environment and then I was searching for street credibility or something like that. It was like this is – this survival. is what I this is survival. This is every day. So um I didn't want to lie. You know, it's not in my character to tell tell stories. So I was just like, man, you know, this is what it is, you know, accept me for what it is. And I had an organization in Miami Heat that this, you know, that believed in me. So Tuesday we did a story on Chris Dunn. You familiar with him? Yes. Now the story to me was it was almost as if it was make believe like it was there are too many components, too many aspects of what he had to do. He had to hustle when he was nine. His mom was on drugs. He didn't know his dad. Then his mom was in jail at times throughout his childhood. And he and his older brother, who wasn't that much older than him, had to hustle to survive. So, you know, child welfare services didn't know his mom was in jail. There are all these different obstacles, this survival of the fittest mentality. And when you look back and I, and I ask you, because you can relate to that. How does that translate? How does that describe your narrative when you're when you're playing ball and you're trying it? Because you're literally going from one level to an entirely different level, several levels above that people usually can't understand. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I saw his uh, his story on Undefeated, and I was just I was just blown away because so many so many like areas of his life I can relate to. And what I would say is that he's going to be a remarkable remarkable pro. He's going to be an ambassador of the game. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to just, you know, transcend the game because he's 
he he been through the moments that you know that's priceless. Right. And he overcame adversity at the, at his lowest and highest form. So, you know, I tip my hat off to him and just that right there and just going to college and graduating too, that's a that's an accomplishment in its own. That's something that no one ever can take away from you. So um I hope he don't have to go through the same stuff that I went through through that during that stage. Do you think I get so mad at some of these, you know, general managers or franchises? I get it's an investment, but when you watch somebody like most recently in the NFL draft, somebody like Tunsil just tumble down the draft because he was smoking weed and some horrible person decided to put it on video and then put it on social media. I, I, he went from, you know, top five to 13. He just slipped, cost him $10 million. Allegedly. Yeah. I, I I have to believe people understand that you're a kid and that you make mistakes. And sometimes you have to take your circumstances into consideration. Don't you believe that organizations should at this point uh, in our lives understand that's what people are doing? I definitely do. And, you know, as an investment, you know, it comes with, you know, some people that need a little guidance and a little more help. And if you're going to invest this time and this money into these, you know, players. Sometimes you need to put a system around them and, you know, mold them, you know, help them out, you know, and that's what it's all about. I think, I think the biggest pleasure is not like that I, that I've received is about working with kids and just playing the right season, the communities and people that lack belief and stuff like that. That's like the biggest pleasure, biggest thing that you can get out of life is like inspiring somebody to do something that they, didn't think it could actually happen. Right. Like, and that's Belief. what it's about. Yeah. That's all you want. Yeah, you giving somebody favor like that, you changing their life, and you taking away the generational curse. And that's, I think, that's huge. On the other side of the break, we continue our conversation with Karan Butler. Uh, his journey from the streets to the NBA. Be honest. Back in a moment. Tell me this. So what are, what are your future plans? What are you going to do? You're going to play again in the league. You're a motivational speaker. You're starting an organization. You're doing all that. I'm going to do a little bit of everything. Um, I look forward to playing next year. Um, I look forward to, you know, this you know, production of, you know, the movies I designed on with Mark Wahlberg uh, to do the movie. So I'm looking forward to that process and learn, learning the production side and, you know, all the ins and outs of that. And just watching this, this is my baby right here. So watching everything come to life. Um, I'm also looking forward to just, you know, the next phase, you know, the transition, you know, and embracing it. You know, being a franchise owner of, you know, Bird Kings, Falabars and stuff like that. It's something that I've been preparing myself for for years, you know, the transition part. And now, you know, I'm just embracing it. And, you know, I'm happy that I had the right people around me that, you know, and I listened. You know, and I, you know, that's the, that's the key thing. You know, I received the conductive criticism, you know, things that I didn't get or understand, but I, I listened to the information and I received it. Yeah, that's key. I don't always listen. I'm listening <laughs> to you. I'm like, damn, Carrie, get your life right. Create better habits. You're going to be all right. I, but I'm like, I got to listen. That's key. I'm hard headed. You can't tough. tell me nothing. It'd be like that sometimes. Especially how you, you grow up. You're like, whatever. I did this on my own. I pulled myself up. How are you going to tell me? You, you, you smart about that? it. You smart about it. You know, right and right is wrong is wrong. But like some people like are brought in your life for certain reasons, you know, and I like the circle that I got, you know, from, you know, Swanson communication to 
I am sports to brass, all the guys, you know, um, I got a strong support cast that, you know, really, you know, just guide me and make sure I'm good. I feel like I'm your mom. I feel like I should be proud of you. I'm not old enough to be your mom, but I'm feeling very proud of you right now. Thank you. I, I, I'm looking at you and I see a big, bright future. I'm just telling you now on the record, don't get all Hollywood now that you Never. have to move here. Never. Be running around here like, oh, meet with my people. No, never that. I'm not giving out autographs. If you hit me, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm OCD about that. All right, because I'm looking at your folks. I'm 100. I was I was that before I was this, so you know I always keep it always keep it grounded. All right, that's good to know. So next time you're on Sports Center, we got to we have to talk about this, and if you don't mind, more detail. I mean, I think that's really. I mean, I love your analysis. You're doing great, but I want to talk about Tough Juice. I think it's a story for everybody. Thank you. Appreciate that, Karan Butler. I'll be honest; he's a solid dude. Check out the book. It's everywhere. Get it right now, folks. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on my sh- on your show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to say Don't my take show. my show. <laughs> ah, you can't have everything. You do. Uh, you all right, You got movies. You sports center. You doing chilling. it all. <laughs> His story is really inspiring. I'm impressed by Karan Butler, and I and I wasn't kidding when I said I was supposed to read the entire book, which I haven't. I I mean I'm I'm in it. I'm knee deep in. But just being around him, his presence, his his regalness, his humility is rare. And it's a story that I think everyone should know about. Even if you haven't lived that type of life or you don't know anything about that lifestyle, this is just truly humanizing. The common denominator for someone like Karan and me and, and you listening is that we're just all humans at the end of the day. We make mistakes Sometimes we're born into circumstances, which are mistakes. And it's what we do with those mistakes that really, truly defines who we are. And it builds our character. And I felt as if by dealing with him, I was like, I want to be better. Not to say that I will. Hint, hint. If the bosses are listening, I can't say I'm going to be better, but I want to be better. Again, I tell everybody they got to go out and get this, this book, Tough Juice, Karan Butler. Meantime, in between time, draft coming up in a few weeks. I need you guys to get excited. And by you, I mean Laker Nation. It's a big day for the franchise. And if you're not Laker Nation listening anyway, it's a big day because we coming. We coming. We coming strong, y'all. Couple that with rumors that I hear DeMar DeRozan is coming. Al Horford is coming. We still got D'Angelo Russell. We still got Julius Randle. Girl, bye. Boy, bye. Like Beyonce say, boy, bye. We in this place. We in this biah. Boy, bye. Boy, bye. They laughing at me. I don't care if they laughing at me. I'm telling you, we about to do this. I see right now the foundation building of something special and great in Laker Nation. First time in a long time I've been hopeful. Boy, bye. Luke Watson, new coach. Boy, bye. Tell me that's not a sexy pick. Y'all jealous. Everybody who's listening and turned down a radio and don't want to hear it, y'all jealous. Be jealous. Be mad. I went to the Beyonce concert and she was like, be mad, bish, because I'm bad. Be mad. Stay mad. Y'all need to be mad and stay mad because Lakers is back. That's all I got to say. Now, listen, I'm also back. It's been a couple of weeks. I've missed you. Me and Delina, Josh, Adam, CJ helping out today. We all we back. We put the podcast on once a week. Really appreciate y'all listening, to be honest. Enjoy your week, folks. Talk to you next week. Bye. Boy, bye. Girl, bye. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.